Welcome to the Way of Light, where we exist to engage Christians in their faith and mobilize them to be light. As you listen to these talks, prayers, and interviews, we hope you would be challenged and inspired to know Jesus more deeply and invite others to do the same. Do you have someone in your life, family, friend, an employee that you work with, someone you work for, or someone that works for you, that does not believe the same things as you? If you do, these interviews are a must listen for you. If you haven't listened to part one, Overcoming Differences, an interview with my younger sister, Breezy, this is really a series of two two interviews that is intended to draw you closer to Christ in the way that you interact with those you don't agree with. So go back, listen to that first episode as it really sets the tone for uh, this second part. And this part is, is really significant and important. I want you to tune in to actually hear a deep discussion between my sister and I around faith and our upbringing. We all come to a fork in the road at some point in our lives where we determine whether or not we believe in and pursue the faith of our family or community or the people that we surround ourselves with growing up. And there's generally three outcomes that might take place. While we're in that upbringing, there's three outcomes that might take place. One, we may blindly follow in the footsteps of our parents or others without ever stopping to consider why we believe what we believe. So the first thing is you might blindly follow in the footsteps of others. Another possible outcome, number two, is after seeking answers for yourself and determining what truth is based off of your own interest and you're seeking what you believe to be true, we walk in an entirely different direction than we were raised or influenced, but at least a personal choice and a decision was made. So the first is you might follow blindly. The second is you might seek out answers, determine for yourself, make it personal. And the third is we begin our own search for truth and decide to follow similarly behind those we see as examples, but no longer blindly. Our faith becomes personal to you. And so in, it, no matter what you are in this phase, maybe you're in a place, chances are if you're listening to this podcast, you might have some element of faith, whether you're following Jesus now or you're interested in what it looks like to follow Jesus, or you just saw a podcast with uh, an interesting conversation in the title and, and you want to check it out. There is an opportunity for you to choose for yourself what you believe and why you believe it and make it personal for you. My sister, Breezy, I love her to death. We grew up in the same and same environment, the same environment of faith where our dad is a youth pastor and we grew up in the church, but she came to a conclusion on her own for what she had determined what was true. And I pursued a different path and came to a conclusion what I believe was true and not just blindly following my parents, but making a determination for myself. And so today's interview you will have an opportunity to hear a more intentional discussion between my sister and I as we talk about the deeper differences of our faith and what we believe. So let's go to that interview right now. All right, sister, 
This is part two of our conversation uh, with just so many details. Like when you grow up with somebody, there's like we could we could make the 12 episode series on the stories of our life and the things that we've experienced. And really uh, the hope out of that first episode is uh, is just that through our conversation, anybody that is listening that maybe you have family or siblings or people that you have maybe you realize you could have more intentional conversation with, like I've realized I need to have with you, Breezy, then I think there are others who can be encouraged and inspired by that as well. So uh, in in this part of our conversation, I want to, we, we're going to make a hard shift. So Breezy, are you ready for, are you ready to jump into some deep stuff here? I'm so ready. Okay. Before I've got my scuba gear on. Before we dive in to this section of our conversation, um, I tell me more uh, more about your life now. You just broke the news that you are engaged. That's a big deal. Engaged to a nice, wonderful man with long, gorgeous hair named Stefan. And uh, go ahead, tell, yeah. tell us about your fiance. How how uh, how how did you guys meet? This is a fun story. It's it's truly. Um... It's really, it's so funny talking about it. It's like a storybook moment and he's like Fabio to me. <laughs> so it's like, cool. it's, it's, I love it. Um, I had just gotten out of a relationship with this one dude and I was like, you know what? I think that I've been putting too much importance on personality and not enough importance in the way that people look to be perfectly honest with you. So I was like, I'm just going to go try and like go on a date with the hottest person I can find. Um, and that's what I'm going to do because I was like, I just got out of this relationship. Let's, let's, let's see where life takes me. I was working in a coffee shop at the time. And I remember I was like by the front door, um, getting the trash and he walked past me and he was like, just, I think about to start working in the forge so he had his like a like a wife beater tank top on and um he was like all covered in tattoos Ooh. um and uh, to be honest looked a little bit like jesus at the time with his wow. beard and his long hair wow. like white jesus white jesus everybody um there you go shout out yeah. to the catholics <laughs> yep and uh i just like ran behind the bar um and then wrote my phone number on his cup um Wow. And then put the sleeve over the phone number with just like a tiny little bit of the phone number peeking out. And I was like, okay, if he texts me and he's like, he has a girlfriend, that's not a big deal because he has a girlfriend. Like, I don't know that. Like, yeah. and then if he texts me and he's like, I'm not interested, also not a big deal. I'll find someone else who's interested, Wow. you know? Um, so I was like waiting all day. So nervous, but eventually got a text that said, Hey, I found this number on my cup. Um, who it is like what's my name is Stefan what's up and I was like hey I'm the redhead who made your um your coffee today <laughs> at Milo and he literally did not remember me at all which I thought I was <laughs> I thought I was flexing so hard wow. I was like I'm just the redhead who made your coffee and he was like okay well I'm sorry I don't remember but um and I basically I basically then was like, okay, well, that's fine. Do you want to just go out for a drink? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And so we went out for a drink and um, he was just like the most interesting person I had ever like 
probably ever interacted with. Um, He's a blacksmith. Um, At the time he was doing like interior design stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was a horrible Um, dad joke. It's, oh, that, oh, yeah, that's funny. I thought maybe you were making a parallel to being a a carpenter. No, (laughs) no, oh, oh, no, but that makes sense. You know, okay. All right. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. He's, he's, oh, he's metal Jesus. Oh, okay. Because he's heavy metal. So instead of carpenter, he's a blacksmith. Yeah. Um, Okay. And so he also like was doing like interior design stuff at the time. And he like plays music and is into like all these different kinds of like art. Um, The thing that really like, really just made me so desperate to hang out with him again, though, was that um, we talked about monsters and like cryptids for for quite a while during our first date. And um, I just thought that was so great because my previous dates I went on, like it was, I don't know. You didn't talk about monsters. I'm so sorry. Not even, yeah, not even a little bit. And I would broach the subject. No, it didn't go anywhere. That's really, that's, that's, that's gotta be a really good tell though, to know like, okay, is this, is this my person? I'm into monsters. Are you into monsters? Can we monster? It's so, Exactly. It so is. And I'll tell you something else weird that I was doing at the time was every guy that I was going on a date with, I would make him take a Witch Emperor's New Brew character Am I quiz <laughs> on um, BuzzFeed. And I decided I would not date a man if he got a result that was not Kronk. Wow. Um, no And way. there was literally a guy before him that I was like talking to on Tinder and I made him like take the quiz. I was like, hey, take this, this fun quiz real quick. Have you ever wondered? And he, <laughs> he was like, sure. And he got Cusco. So I was like, obviously we will not be going on a You date. got Cusco? Um, I'm like, heck no. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, but I made Stefan take it like two or three days after like our first date and he got Kronk and I was like, this is the this is the final piece of confirmation that I need. Look, so it turns out all those Facebook uh, Facebook personality tests really are useful for some things in life. So wait, 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 wait oh yeah, super. In that, um, I yeah. what I love most about that story is I'm thinking about you seeing this dude walk in and a wife beater, long hair, tatted, tatted up, and and you, running behind the the coffee bar. And I'm just imagining you like ducking behind the counter, grabbing the cup, like, hey, someone else is making this coffee. Hey, give that to me. Give that to me. I've got to sneak some love in it. And then you. you oh, I literally it. pushed another girl off the bar. <laughs> I was like, I need to make this coffee. <laughs> it's so funny because I remember you telling that story a couple years ago and uh, and yeah. just like the, the nervousness you felt. But hey, good on you. That's, that's bold. That's real bold. Yeah. I love that. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Just, just be, just be brave about that. Be respectful of people's boundaries and space. But if you think someone's cute, just ask them out. Mm. And if they have a girlfriend, who cares? They have a girlfriend. Be like, all right, no worries. Goodbye. Yep. And Peace. then if they're like, oh, not you, just be like, all right, attitude. Yep. And then move on. Don't need that's that. Gross. And give them yeah. a Facebook personality test. Figure out what character they are on Emperor's New Groove. And uh, yeah. you can decide by that test whether they'll be grooving with you. Yeah, it doesn't have to be Kronk. It's just whoever you like from Emperor's. Yeah, but it also doesn't need to be Couscous. Or is that that his name? Yeah, probably not him. Cusco. Cusco, not Couscous. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. That was close. That's what I called him as a little kid. Anyway, okay. All right. It's Mm -hmm. it's time to make the shift. That's good. Thank you for for giving the intro. Um, So we talked uh, again, like we've talked a lot about um, our own like stories, like siblings growing up, sibling rivalries, the competition between us. 
And, um, and so in, in this part of our conversation, I know that we'll also acknowledge uh, some of the more difficult conversations that we've had regarding faith and what we believe. And, um, and uh, for those that listen to the first part of our conversation, they'll, they'll re remember that like this, uh, like there's a, like some, some really, really positive benefits of being in this conversation is that like, one, we're able to reminisce on memories together and just talk about things that we mm -hmm. can relate on. And, and I also want to be able to, to, to have this conversation knowing that we can do, like we can have this type of conversation and level of depth and things that we may have differed on at points in our life. Um, and just be chill about it. Like I, I have finally come to the place and I'm so thankful because I carried a weight for so long that I had to convince you of something and like, mm -hmm. and just like, like, I don't know, it's part of the pride. Like I've got to, I've got to convince you that I'm right. You're wrong, which is just like dumb. Um, because I'm wrong about a lot of things in life. And, um, and, but, but in this place, like, I feel like I'm in a confident place of, wow, I don't feel the burden of trying to convince you of anything anymore. Um, because mm -hmm. you are who you are and you're an individual human being who gets to make your own choices. And it's true. It's great freedom to have. It's a great freedom to have. And sometimes I wish I didn't personally have it because I make a lot of wrong choices. Um, so, but anyway, anyway, so let's talk about this for a second. Let's, let's go back and, and just to kind of bring clarity to the fact that, that we both grew up in the same house. That's a no brainer. Like we both grew up in the same house, uh, under a lot of the same rules and morals and standards in our home. And, um, and then thinking about like just being raised in a Christian house where, uh, we went to church basically every week and the things that dad believed and dad grew up believing, um, talk, mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about, um, what were your early experiences of faith and, uh, and, and your experiences at church and then lead, lead into, uh, well, and then I'll, and then I'll dig a little bit deeper from there, but what do you remember early on? And then we'll kind of come to where you, where you've where you've been in the last few years? Uh, I remember, I mean, I liked going to church when I was younger. Yeah. It was fun. Um, it was like something to do. There was always food, like free food. Mm -hmm. um, there was like sometimes cute boys. Um, not really though. You didn't have a good pool. Yeah, not really. No, <laughs> there wasn't really. But every time I went, I hoped. I really yep. hoped. Um, I was like, maybe this time will be different. And that's, yeah, but, um, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked the, the community when I was little, I liked that, um, it was a, a moment where, uh, people were forced to spend time with me sometimes. Um, but I think, uh, as I got older and I, I got more towards the point of, actually understanding what, um, what everybody was thinking, it started to begin the exit for me. Um, it started really with like, I mean, obviously you start to realize, okay, we don't all just come hang out together and like this, like Jesus and this God that everyone's talking about. Okay. Everybody obviously has very strong opinions on them. Um, what are the right opinions to have? And, you know, obviously I think for a really long time, I just assumed that, 
um, mom and dad knew everything in the whole world. And so obviously whatever they think is right. And that's all I have to do. Um, and then pass that everything is okay. Uh, it's so funny because I was the opposite. I, got, I thought they were full of bull and I didn't believe anything that they said for years. That's so funny that you thought that. Yeah. That's so funny. I, yeah, no. And I remember, I remember like, sometimes I was just like, Zach is so silly. If he would just calm down and do what they wanted, everything would be fine. I know. Like, I learned that way too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, but, uh, I think that as I got older, um, I'm a very, I'm a very, uh, pattern oriented person. And I think that I'm, I'm the kind of person where if you say something, okay, first of all, it's dad's fault. Mm -hmm. He drilled into my brain. It's not his fault, you know, but he drilled into me from a young age that you, no matter what, absolutely no matter what your priority at all times is giving kindness and giving gentleness and giving understanding. And that's, that is gold mm -hmm. standard. That's it. You like, and watching him be that way, like that's all I wanted to do was I wanted to make people happy the way that he made them. I wanted them to feel comfortable around me the way they were comfortable around him. Like mm. they could talk to me the same way they talked to him. That's, that was like my end goal in life was to be like someone else's James, which mm. as I've gotten older, no one can be that. Yeah. Like we were talking about earlier, yeah. I'm not built that way. Um, as an adult, I've had to find my boundaries <laughs> yeah. or I'll burn up and explode. Um, but so being taught that kindness and understanding um, and all that kind of stuff is the most beautiful, important thing. And mm -hmm. by a man who just was so like enamored with Jesus mm. as a person, Jesus is great. I think Jesus is amazing. His teaching, his like all of that stuff. Chef's kiss. Sure. That's great. Ooh, chef's um, okay. But when I got older and I started to see inconsistencies in the church and I would ask questions about things like um, if like God created everything, then why do people treat animals this way? Mm -hmm. Or why do people treat each other this way or why do people treat the earth this way and it was a lot of um passive excuses you know that that you know at the end of the day human error is a thing nobody is like a such a divine being that they're not going to screw up sure. um but it was it was seeing a lot of people who i thought had all the right answers, um, just be completely inconsistent and be selfish and not yeah. be loving, um, and doing the opposite and using the Bible to justify the hateful things that they were doing. Mm. Um, and eventually I got to the point where I was like, do I want to keep justifying the actions and behaviors of this group and keep spending my time learning about it or despite its conflicts with my beliefs about caring about 
other people and other things do I keep going and eventually it it just wasn't it didn't feel right anymore yeah um and that's not me saying like every anybody can be a bad person Mm -hmm. anybody can be a good person um but it just I think it just eventually became more about justifying that what I noticed more than anything else was the justification of hateful behavior um, Mm -hmm. and using the Bible as like their personal shield against morale when it came to things that were just straight screwed up, you know, like honestly people's opinions on immigration and like how immigrants are treated or how they're spoken about in the media. Like if you're a kind, loving person, Mm. like you would not think twice about taking someone in and giving them everything so that they can have everything that you've had. Mm. And I know it's more complicated than that. And obviously like to change, to change something is not just like one simple step. It's, it's a breakdown of a million different things. Right. But at the end of the day, if your end goal is not, what is the kindest thing then I just like, mm. I don't want to do it. Not to say that I'm not an unkind person. Sometimes I can absolutely sure. be, I can, I can be unkind a hundred percent. But I just, I think that the inconsistencies there are what really took me away from everything. Yeah. And honestly, I don't blame you. And you, you are not the only person, obviously, and you've had probably conversations with many other people. And I've had conversations with many people who maybe they grew up in a Christian home or they grew up going to church. But then this, the only thing, unfortunately, for in so many Christian circles, the only thing that is the most consistent or the primary, primarily consistent thing in Christian circles is their lack of consistency. When it comes to what, like they say they believe, what I say I believe and the way that I live. And, uh, and that could cause like this, this, like there's a reason for this wrestling that you and so many others have experienced. It's like, yeah, I can't blame you. There's a whole lot of sucky Christians in the world that just do not represent the light of Jesus well. Like the number of people I've I've talked to even in the last three months who maybe they have family members or someone close to them who was a pastor of a local church and great at home. Like, honestly, okay, so I was talking to grandma, um, our grandma, last time I was in Canada, dad's mom. Mm. And as I talked with her, she was sharing about how her grandpa, it was either her grandpa or her grandpa's dad was a pastor at a church and this public figure, but at home was incredibly abusive, manipulative, and just was like emotionally abusive to his wife and to his kids. And that's what people grew up with. Like that, that had run, like that is part of our family history. And so like, yes, like I, that, it makes sense for you and so many others to just like, start to question and walk away for some of those things of like, you say you believe this thing or you use scripture to like manipulate people and, and do other mm-hmm. things. And it's, so it's, it's hypocritical, it's judgmental, it's legalism. It's like, 
Um, like I would see the, the people, the Pharisees in the Bible who were that and honestly had been me for so much of my life. And, and so, so thinking about that piece, talk to, talk to your older brother, like you're venting to a friend about your older brother <laughs> and, and, and the experiences that we had uh, early on when you started to question faith. I remember one of the first interactions I had with you when you started to question faith is when you brought up a church in a uh, green plow coffee. Do you remember that conversation? You, you brought up, you brought up Bethel church and you're like, it's kind of a, oh, it's yeah. kind of like a, it's kind of culty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think the reason that I felt that way was just because, um, a lot of the ways that church works is the very same way that cults work. Um, especially in youth ministry, um, as, as like, in regards to like trips, youth trips, when you mm. go to camps and stuff, okay. the stuff that they do to the kids is very similar to stuff that they do to adults and cults to get them to experience like mm. feelings of being overcome by the spirit when even though it's midnight and you haven't re really been sleeping all week and you've only been eating junk food and hyped up on monster everyone energy. around you is, yeah. yeah everyone's crying at the same moment, you're going to feel something, you know? Um, and in regards to like, when I was younger, dad and mom would always say like, you can be friends with anyone, you know? And I think that was true, but it was, you can be friends with anyone, but certain people are dangerous. So you have to be careful about what they say to you hmm. because it could mislead you or be a lie. And so I was I think for a long time, like I had friends who weren't Christians, but there was always like a small part of me was like, I know something you don't know. Mm. And you like, you just don't know it. Cause you're not, you're not as smart as me. And then I, you know, grew up and I was like, that's so silly that I thought that and embarrassing. And, um, but it was just because I had always, I don't know. I was always taught about like, Christians and then the other. And for such a long time, I thought that Christians were the majority, mm. which isn't the case at all. Sure. Um, and there are other people having completely different experiences who have never once spoken Christianese in their life. Yeah. Um, and I think that it was so weird that I spent so much time never knowing about this entire world that was happening you know, now I'm an adult and I don't get, um, most po pop culture references. Yeah. Um, and I don't understand like what certain people mean when they're talking about like specific, like events with like people in pol politics over like a certain amount of time when I was alive, but like, I just wasn't exposed to like what was going on there this is all very like long winded. What I'm, That's okay. what I'm pretty much just trying to say is like, I felt like I, I felt like I was completely shielded from my other option. Mm. I think that we were always told we have an option. We don't have to be a Christian. We don't have to do any of this stuff. But all I knew was you know, God is good. Jesus is good. All of that is good. I can go to the other side at risk of my own, like at risk of my soul. Yeah. 
you know, I can, I can look deeper at risk of my soul, you know? And so why would I want to ever look into that? Mm. And I feel like that's really unfair, um, to like, you know, to kids who are trying to figure out who they are, you're not going to know who you are until you are able to experience all your options. Sure. Um, and actually make a decision. And some people like go their whole lives, never going to church and end up going to church and that makes them happy. Yeah. Um, and that's like, great. I'm not just talking about one experience. I just think like being so submerged in that for such a long time. And I thought I knew other stuff because like we took religion classes on other religions, right? but it was always through the lens of, and this religion says that but that's kind of silly because we both know Mm, Jesus would never let that happen, you know? And so it was never, it was never serious. It was kind of always this thing of, I have an option, but I never actually knew what my options were. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. And, um, and I think, I think actually, I think you're absolutely right. I think like there was that, that element of an upbringing. And, And I do think there's some, some reasoning to that, but like, but to, to your point, Growing up in a Christian home where our dad was the pastor, and um, and and mom um, believing what what she believed and following suit with dad and a lot of things, and um, but growing up in that, yeah, I think we were sheltered from from a lot of things, and I can totally like I can see how um, your perspective and your lens. It's like, oh well, I wasn't like we were told you have a choice, and God God doesn't force you to choose Him you have a choice. And yet it seems like we only ever are given one option. And granted, like Mm -hmm. from, from my perspective, I'm, I am, I'm going to tell my, like, I'm going to, I'm going to tell my daughter the same thing. Like I want you to have a choice and um, because God's not going to force you to choose him. And, um, and well, at the same time, I am going to give her a choice to make her own decisions in life, but I'm not going to expose her to pornography or, like just things at a young age that I know scientifically would be damaging. So there's like, there's certain things where, where we, where we would know like, okay, I'm not going to bring her to a brothel just to see if she wants to experience this lifestyle. Um, But when it comes to, to your point, like I also, where I see mom and dad, like we weren't, we weren't exposed to different political worldviews where that would be like an example of something safe. That's like, Hey, I want you to hear this different perspective. And, um, like I, I didn't hear growing up, um, as passionate as dad was about the church. We also didn't listen to, um, met like, uh, uh, videos or podcasts about like from people who thought different things than we did. And so you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like that could have been beneficial for me to see the world through a different lens, um, and help open up my eyes more to other things. And, and, and I also, I fight the tension now as a dad, I'm like, Oh, like you're right in the sense, like in one sense of like, like there was this seclusion and this bubble of spirituality and sheltering. Granted, we were homeschooled for a couple of years. So if you're homeschooled, you're automatically in a bubble. Um, But then I, I I also feel that tension as a dad of like, there are so many things in this world to choose from. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I don't, want my daughter to feel super overwhelmed, but I like, I don't want her to feel some of the things that you felt of like, you were forced to only be in one space. 
but I want to, I want to, I want to bring an invitation. Like, is that fair to say? Like, I want to, I want to give an invitation, but also like, I don't want to force her to go to all of these things and, and whatever. I don't know if I'm making sense at this point. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I, I, I think obviously, you know, I'm not saying bring your kid to a brothel. It's kind of yeah, like, no, no, no. I knew, you're if not. You, that if, was a very dramatic a, example. A good, on my part. Yeah. If you have, yeah. If you have a good sense of judgment, you know, you're going to know it's, there's no rule of what is healthy to expose your kids to. But if you're a well-adjusted adult, it's kind of like pornography. There's no rule for it, but when you see it, you know, it. Right. you yep. know, it's, that's what it is. Um, it's kind of the same thing of like, Maybe she's, you know, maybe your kid is 11 and they want to see this movie that you know has a political drive that is not something that coincides with your personal beliefs. Do you let her go see the movie? Mm. Or do you let her go see the movie after you've told her that those political beliefs are not accurate? Or do you let her go see the movie without any context? Mm. or do you let her go see the movie and say, there are some different things in this movie. Um, if you're confused about any of it, we can totally do some research together and we can figure out, you know, how you feel about That's it. That's great. Yeah. And that I feel like leaves the option open because if you're prefacing something by going, if it's obviously like something that you're like, Hey, like it's not just faith or political, it's like moral and yeah. like goodness like a, yeah. and kindness. And like I said, they kill you people. Know, you Killing know people's not it. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 There are certain things where it's just like, no kid needs to see that. That's that's ridiculous. Like you know it when you see it. But like instead of sending them, even just sending them to the movie with being like, Hey, so I just want to let you know that this movie actually supports this idea that I don't really think is that great. Um, it's not something that we believe. Um, just keep that in mind when you go see the movie. Yeah. It's, is not even leaving the option open because as a kid, you're like, if my parent doesn't believe this, it's wrong. Because if you don't believe it, it's bad. Because mm. you are only trying to do the best things, which you are. You're trying to steer them in a good direction. Sure. And I'm not saying like giving them free reign, but even just being like, okay, like you go see the movie and then when you get back, like, Tell me what you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, um, having how did having, you a, feel having an open conversation about it. I think that is a great like how something I'll do with Alora often, and then we're gonna kind of transition topics a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Is is we'll watch a movie together, and it's primarily like like moral goodness, kindness. Like you shouldn't talk to people like that. But it's more it's not like instructing her. It's the question of, hey, sweetheart, how, what did you think about that interaction? How did that girl treat her mom and dad? And then, then she can kind of process it on her own. So I want—I don't want to teach her what mm -hmm. to think as much as I want to teach her how to think. And if I can teach her yeah. how to think, then she begins to make decisions on her own and not just copycat mm -hmm. how I think, right? So I don't want to just teach her what to think. Yeah. I want to teach her how to think. And um, so if I'm if I'm talking on on that way of on that way of thinking, um, when when um, let's bring it back. Like I've I've asked and I've invited you to to critique me from your perspective in conversations that we've had, um, draw back to there was the day, uh, I remember sitting, you came to visit in Oklahoma, um, and, and we're sitting in the car and, uh, and we were just out on a drive. And then we started talking about, uh, faith and theology. And, uh, and I just remember 
uh, I don't know how much of the details you remember of this conversation, but just from my perspective, I remember trying so hard to convince you. And I thought like, oh yeah, this is it. Like I've got my, I've got my whole playbook here. There's no way she can walk away from this conversation and, and still feel the same way. Just so like self-righteous and prideful in my thinking. Um, I, I want to hear from your perspective, like as, as, as not only your older brother, but someone who follows Jesus and says that I'm, that I'm a, I'm a Christian and I am trying to live by, by scripture and by the Bible. Um, how, how did those conver- kind of conversations come across to you? And what were the things going through your mind uh, when I spoke that way? I think at the time I was mostly just like, I think I was frust- mostly frustrated because I was like, how do you not understand that no matter what, you can have the best argument what you think is the best argument for your case, but it's never going to be the best argument for my case. Mm. You know, it's like you could come in with your most heartfelt, beautiful speech about, you know, (laughs) how it makes you feel. And I, at the end of the day, me and other people who aren't interested in participating in, in religion will most of the time be like, I love that for you. Yeah. Um, but that's it. Um, and I, I remember at one point you, I said something about, I was, we were, I feel like we were talking about, I was asking if there's no free will, hmm. then what's the point? And how is he a good God if there's no free will and he's predetermined who he picks and chooses? Hmm. That means nothing to me. Um, and you were saying there is free will because we have the choice to choose. And I was like, but if he knows everything, then he knows I'm going to hell. And if he's truly God, he can change my mind. So he's okay with me going to hell, but he's not okay Mm. with someone else going to hell. So he'll give them a revelation. And it's, you can justify that by saying like, oh, but you know, God works in mysterious ways, Mm. but that. That doesn't work for me. Sure. I that will never work for me. Mysterious ways, that kind of thing. I can't just hear. And there are so many other people like that. That that's just it doesn't work. It's the sure. same. It's it's the same as if I started coming up to people and talking about Harry Potter mm-hmm. like it was real life. And then when someone got upset with me, I was like, well, in chapter two, actually. <laughs> They said muggles don't know about wizards because it is to protect them. So of course you're not going to know it's real. Sure. You just have to believe it's real. Sure. It, it that is how it feels to me, and I'm not minimizing that at all. I think that no, but that's the transparency like, of how you feel. Like that's just that's been yeah your experience, and I and I think that um, I think that sometimes in um, like to your point, I can be, and, and this goes for all all followers of Jesus who maybe have people in our lives that genuinely like they're that those conversations started with me out of love, but overshadowed what overshadowed that love was my pride and, and wanting to just convince and like, how could you not believe? And it's just, it's just really, it was that it was like, I overshadowed my, my own, like I, I was prideful and, and then covered it with a blanket of, of love, quote unquote, like I have air quotes, uh, with love 
but really it was just trying to convince you of something. And to your point, like it might be convincing for me, but may not be convincing to someone else. And I think that um, the mistake that I've made so much in my life is, is that uh, I was more focused on convincing than compelling. And, and not that, not that even I could compel, but, but even from my own perspective, it's like, I would much rather be compelling than convincing because convincing is putting myself on a pedestal above somebody else. Compelling is, Hey, I love you like crazy. Um, help me understand more about your life. And, and then, and then living like the, this whole purpose of the way of light is if I'm truly living in, in the light of what I say that I believe, and that's not just the good things. That's like the purpose of this, of this podcast is allowing the dirt in my life to come to the surface. And for people to know, like I am broken and I don't have it all together. Um, but I would rather compel than convince. And, um, but even to that point, I know that I can't compel everyone because if I'm to flip it, so going back to your, your Harry Potter comparison, like I'm, if you tried to convince me or compel me to believe what you believe or don't believe at this point, you probably wouldn't get very far because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm stuck. Like I, and it's, and it's from a place of, I feel like I've done research and I've lived this life and through experiences like for the same as you and how you got to the place that you are now. And so as a follower of Christ, I have to understand that for as confident as I am and where I am, trying to convince someone else uh, that they're wrong and what they believe is just as effective as someone trying to convince me to unbelieve what I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tracking. So yeah, um, 100%. so in those moments then uh, that I spent trying to convince you, um, did you feel loved by me? <laughs> No, I, I mean, I, part of me was like, okay, he's scared. Like maybe, maybe he's scared that I will suffer eternal damnation. Um, and so I was like, all right, I, if I was scared, someone was suffering eternal damnation. I, I guess I would, I would try and convince them. I understand that. Um, but I think that, I, I mean, I think that it's, there's so much pressure put on, especially young Christians that like your job is to tell everyone and your job is to convince everyone and your job is to bring everybody to youth group. And it, your job is to like, I remember we used to have like competitions. They'd be like, okay, who went out this week and told someone about Jesus hmm. and congrats. You're the weird kid in class who told everyone about <laughs> Jesus um, it's okay to love Jesus and all that stuff. Mm. It's totally fine. But I feel like unless somebody is actively looking for an answer already or is looking for a solution and you just absolutely happen to be presenting the right thing, it usually won't work. Sure. Um, and you know, I'm, there's absolutely probably been instances where you've told someone about Jesus and like, it's, they've decided that was for them and it changed their life and it helped them. I've seen it happen in, in, in people before. Um, but I feel like there's so much emphasis on get the job done that people like aren't thinking about their personal relationships with people outside of yeah. what God means to them personally. Right. Um, because 
there's your, you know, what would be your relationship with God? There's your relationship with yourself. And then there's like the relationship you have with people around you. But if your relationship you have with people around you is based on them believing and them not believing and them, you talking about it with them because they believe and them you trying to convince them because they don't believe if there's always an end goal in mind, then it's not a genuine relationship, right? It's that is absolutely true. It's, there's there's a motive behind it and relationships unless your motive is just to like have a relationship then it's not a relationship it's a transaction yes that is and i want to i want to sit on that for a second and then we'll we'll start to wrap up but i want to ask about one more experience in your life um excuse me so that is, that's, that's true. That's absolutely true. Like regardless of where you stand on what side of the aisle of faith or not faith or what, what denomination or religion you might find yourself in. Like I'm a follower of Jesus. I believe in the words of the Bible as a historical document and then proofs through, through history of prophecy and things coming true. Um, but if, if, if my goal in having a conversation with someone who believes differently than me has a motive of changing their mind about their own belief, then you're absolutely right. Then I go, I go from, I go from compelling out of love to convincing out of legalism. And by legalism, I just mean so caught up in the law, like the, the rightness of the law of like what's written in the Bible. If I get so caught up in convincing from a place of legalism, then I, I forget about the more important things like compelling from a place of love. And, and, mm-hmm. and compelling to compel is an invitation. It's I'm going to be the most authentic version of who I believe I was created to be and hope that in that I can show somebody that there's more to life. And, and for you, there's areas for you where you want to be like, I know that from conversations we've had in the past as a tattoo artist, you want to be the difference maker in the tattoo world, like where there is, um, where there's cliches about tattoo artists or like whatever, like, oh, they might be mean or burly or whatever. Like you're coming from a place of you just want to be kind to people where they are. Like Mm -hmm. you want to break the mold and show people that there's a different way um, to be and to live and to be an encouragement to people where they are. And I believe that that's what, that's what you were made to do. And um, so, and and, so I want to ask, um, and and the last kind of story I want to hear from you before um, closing up is your experiences with youth with a mission. Like, I know this could be a really long conversation or a really short conversation. Like, I know that you, you went on this, you decided to go youth with a mission right, um, right after dad's funeral, right? Like it was, we had his funeral memorial service and then youth with a mission. Like what, like, yeah, what was it? Cause I remember you sending me recordings of like, uh, the climb from Will Reagan and singing with ukulele and worship songs. And this is not just to like, but, but to genuinely understand like your experiences and know, like for some people it's, it's, it's your, it's ins and outs. It's I'm understanding. And then I'm not, cause you were, you were distancing God prior to that. But then like, what was that experience like for you? It was, uh, it was really good. I'm happy that I did it. I mean, I, learned a lot. Um, I think it's really good to expose yourself to other people and cultures and experiences. <laughs> like, I think that that was you okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that, that, that was really, you know, it was defining, um, for sure. Uh, that was my, 
that was my last, that, what, what is the saying? It was my, my last attempt. Mm, yeah. Um, I was ready to completely leave it right before, you know, dad had a stroke. I was just kind of done. Um, and then he had a stroke and I was kind of grasping on for a minute. And then when he died, I was like, all right, this is it. I, I, it's now or never. I got it. I got to, I got to believe it. I got to mm. figure this out because I was so, I, I so desperately wanted dad to be proud of me. And I knew that he would be sad if he knew that I, I didn't want to, you know, take part in, in church. Like, like he, he wanted me to, mm. um, that was, that was me trying really, really hard to stay. And I remember actually when I, right before I went on the trip, I decided to go on the trip because I was, um, talking to this girl and we were talking about going on a date and, mm. um, I, it was like a couple weeks before dad died. And then like, it got to the point where dad really seemed like it was like, okay, this is it. It's, it's like the last little bit of time. And I was like, I got to get over this. Something is like not right with me. Mm. I'm just emotionally damaged from this. And that's why I'm feeling this way about church and about, you know, what everything I've ever been taught to believe. And so I went on that mission trip to prove to myself that uh, I could be fixed and I could fall back into it. Mm. Um, and I had such a good time on that trip. And I felt like, you know, I felt like I, I built so many great relationships and I'm so appreciative of the, of the people that I met and the things that I learned. Um, and I felt so good leaving and I got into the airport in Germany and immediately went to the Birkenstock store and there was a girl in there and she started flirting with me mm. and I was flirting back with her. And I just like in that moment, I was like, Oh, I was gone mm. for this whole time to prove to myself that something was wrong. Cause I wasn't in the right headspace. Mm. And as soon as I'm back in and just like nothing has changed for me. Um, and it might seem like really, I don't know, not a big moment, but to me who I was so desperately trying, cause I was like, it's fine. Like I like guys too. So mm. it's really not a big deal. I can pretend for my whole life and it's mm. totally fine. Cause I like guys too. I don't even need to talk about it. Um, but eventually I was like, I can't, mm. you know, not talk about it cause it is something that I, like is a part of me and I'm not going to pretend that it's not real when I experience that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I loved that trip, but it yeah. was kind of the thing that at the end of the day was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I do. I just, it, it, I, what, that's not where I'm supposed to be, mm. you know? Yeah. And not just in terms of sexuality, but in terms of like, my questions about, you know, why we're here and why would God make us if, if there's a God and why would his yeah. motivation all be put in this little book? It was just like a lot of things that all kind of like wrap themselves up really neatly. And then I pretended for a little bit longer and then everything kind of just fell apart. Yeah. 
Well, thanks for being honest about that. And, yeah. And I know that there's going to be, <clears throat> there's going to be so like, this is just scratching the surface of your experiences and the things that you've walked through and the things that have kind of begun to form who you are today and the things that, that you've believed in your life and have come to believe. And, and I am thankful for that level of transparency because, um, cause I know that you're not the only person who's experienced those doubts. And, um, I don't know if I ever told you, I, uh, I sat down with a Mormon or a Jehovah's witness one day. And, uh, and I, I met this Jehovah's witness on the side of the road next to Lucy's taco shop and in, in Redmond mm-hmm. and, or La Posada, whatever it is. And, and I met with him for coffee and I'm telling you, I went in with like my guns ready. Like I'm going to convince you uh, to believe the way that I believe about the Bible. And I left that conversation like more, I like thinking that everything I grew up believing and was taught was a lie. And I went house sat yeah. for a week after that. And I was like, honestly, deep, deep depression and just wrestling with what is everything that I believed like? Why have I, like, that was the place where I realized everything that I believed up until that point was because I was told that was what I should believe. And Mm -hmm. that's when my own personal journey, similar to what you came to of having to discover on your own, what, like what you were choosing to pursue and to follow and to trust in. And for me, like, that was the moment of like, I've got to give it all up. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like I've been living a lie and really just pressed in and sought truth, not just in the Bible, but in other places. And I compared and contrasted. And so for me, that's, that's how I came to the conclusion that I came to, but not no longer was it just because someone else told me to, it was because similar to you, I had to come to that place and that own understanding for myself. And, um, and, 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 and I'm going to say this next thing, not for the sake of saying it to you, but because there are many, there, there are many other listeners, hopefully some that don't actually follow Jesus because they'll hear that, that, uh, that my sister who doesn't follow Jesus is on the podcast and we can have a good conversation. But, but primarily for those who, who have said, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Christ follower. I want to live as an ambassador of Jesus. I want to reflect him in the world and I want to be light. Um, but so, so I'll say this through that, through that lens, uh, that question you came to your, yourself in the airport, that is a question that I, as a, as a Christian, as a Christ follower, face every single week where I, I approach um, things that I understand and cognitively know because of what I've been taught, but, but also because of what, what I've come to understand are not the way I was created to live. These aren't the decisions that I was created to choose. Like in the moments when I'm tempted to, to pull up porn on my phone or, um, to go and, and seek out like, um, a relationship somewhere else that I know is just not right and not appropriate. Those thoughts cross my mind more often than I would like to admit, like it's a, it's an embarrassing level, but this is a podcast about being honest. And, um, and Kira knows it. And it was the night before we launched our brand new church location, our location here. Um, and the night before that we went and, and launched into, uh, either our, yeah, our building as a church from a school to the building. It was the night before that, that I slipped and looked at porn for the first time in almost a, a year and a half, two years and, or multiple, maybe even since this was actually since high school and it'd been a long time. And then I had to, I had to go and tell my wife that same night, this is where I fell. And she looked at me with so much grace. And I believe this is the grace that Jesus looks at me. And I'm so thankful. She just said, Hmm, doesn't surprise me. I'm like, what the heck? I'm over here bawling my eyes out. Cause I feel so much shame. And she just meets me the way that Jesus does. And she's like, I, I mean, you're, you're doing a really good thing tomorrow and you're launching this church. 
and you're part of this, it's no wonder you were tempted in that way. And I just felt like the love of God in that moment, like through my wife and what I believe is just like, so your experiences I can relate with. And that's not from the, that's not from the heart of convincing. It's from the, it's from the perspective of, I know there'll be others who hear. And, and I, and I also want to be transparent in that space in my life too, where it's like, I, oh my goodness, like I am, I mess up. I'm broken. I don't know about you. You're probably, you're probably good. Like you probably don't have anxiety or get depressed like I do, but. <laughs> oh man, no, I'm practically perfect. <laughs> I'm a 10 out of 10 all the time. 10 to 10. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so my last question then, and, and then I'm wrapping up. Uh, with all of this in this conversation, um, in consideration of the conversations that we've had where I've tried to convince you through legalism versus compel through love, um, what, how would you encourage followers of Christ, Christians, to, uh, to live in a way that would be more compelling for people who don't know Jesus? I think just like stop talking about it so much just do it (laughs) like if you want to live like jesus live like jesus it's no biggie like obviously no one can ever really reach to the par of how he supposedly would have been but like if you want to like be a light in somebody's life just like think of things through that frame of mind i mean like just do things how you think he would do them and that's and if at any point you're at, you're saying like, well, Jesus would do this, but that's not what he would do. Mm. Like if you're questioning it at any moment, that's not what he would do. If you know, any of you actually read and you like, you knew what he was all about. He was like all about absolute kindness, forgiveness, welcoming, loving relationships. Like that's the only thing that he was about. Um, so I don't know. I just, I think that that's so important for anybody. Like if you want people to live the way you're living because you're so happy, Mm. then like show them why you're so happy just by living your life the way it makes you happy, Mm. you know? And then also just loving each other with like loving each other an insane amount, but also loving yourself an insane amount. Mm. And when you feel like you've screwed up or when you feel like you've done something that's like so shameful in the eyes of God, like Mm. it's small biscuits in the grand scheme of things, you got to move on and you got to just be good. Mm. And if you mess up and you're not good next time, it's okay. Just move on and be good. Like, I I don't know. Does that That, make sense? Absolutely. That, that it makes sense. And, and whether you know it or not, you're speaking Bible verses, um, when, when scripture says, love the Lord, your God with all your, this is the most important command, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. But I'll tell you what, we do a pretty crappy job of loving our neighbor because we're so insecure and hate who we yeah. are. Right. And so, yeah, you gotta, you gotta yourself. like yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and the other piece mm-hmm. of that is just understanding, like, um, Jesus was very clear. If you want to follow me, take up your cross, deny yourself and follow me, like just flip and do it right? Like just flip mm-hmm. and do it. Like if you're going to follow Jesus, then like, I, I have to deny myself, take up my cross and follow him. And if not, then don't because what Jesus calls is a high, high calling. And I'm so thankful um, just for this call and this conversation, Breezy, and just as my sister and, um, and, and just as, as someone that I respect 
and and genuinely I'm like really really proud of you and the things that you're doing right now and who you are um and just as a tattoo artist and like man you're you're engaged this is exciting um and and i'm excited to to celebrate those things with you and alongside you and so thanks for being a part of this conversation in the way of light yeah thanks for having me on here i appreciate it i really enjoy talking to you That wraps up this two-part conversation with my sister and overcoming differences truly is possible with the right perspective. And as you heard, if you are a follower of Jesus listening today, a person who's not only accepted Christ as your savior, but also one who practices the Jesus way of living, then I hope you learn from my mistakes. Rather than trying to convince someone with a different perspective than you through legalism, we must turn to compel through love. For those choosing to walk in the way of light, we have a responsibility to live at peace with everyone, not just those who think the most like us. If I needed to have a debate with my sister, I could have had a debate with my sister and we could have gone at it, but it wouldn't have been fruitful. In Romans 12, 9 and 10, and then verse 18, it says this, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. And love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And then in Hebrews 12 verse 14, and I'll close with this. Work at living in peace with everyone. And work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. It's made clear in scripture that we are called to live at peace with everyone, not just those who see like us. Don't just pretend to love others, but really love them. Work at living in peace because sometimes living at peace with others can be work. But as you learn to walk in the way of light, trusting in the power and the name of Jesus to lead you, you can learn to live at peace with everyone. 